Hi everyone, Jonathan Monty here, and thanks for joining me for this special podcast presentation of my Life Transforming Training Program. It's appropriately titled Life Transformation, The Complete Journey. It's a nine-part program designed to empower you to uncover and overcome whatever blocks are holding you back, to help you discover your true self, to create lasting changes, find emotional freedom, build confidence and self-esteem, achieve balance and harmony, reach your personal goals, and create a life of greater happiness, purpose, and fulfillment, and thrive in a higher consciousness. Throughout this training program, I'll teach you the proven strategies and the exact step-by-step -step process that I've discovered and have personally used to transform my life and the lives of the countless students I've worked with. Now, in order to get the most out of this training program, it's essential that you start with the first episode and move through each of the nine episodes in their sequential order. Each episode builds upon the lessons of the previous episodes, and each episode reveals specific tools and techniques and include exercises and guided meditations that will help you achieve absolutely extraordinary results. In addition to the nine episodes, this training program includes 15 guided meditations that can be found right here on this podcast channel. And to get free instant access and download the personal success guide and workbook, you can head over to my website at jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation. Once again, that's jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation to download your free personal success guide and workbook. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can get all of my latest episodes and learn more ways to achieve the life you truly desire. And now I present to you episode five, creating lasting changes and resolving inner conflicts. Hi friends, Jonathan Monty here, and welcome back to Life Transformation, The Complete Journey. This is episode five, creating lasting changes and resolving inner conflicts. First, we need to understand that change is inevitable, that everything in our universe is either in a state of growth or decay, and nothing, absolutely nothing in our physical world remains in a constant state. As humans, we have a certain physical lifespan. We grow up from a baby into an adult, and as we get older, our body starts to age and deteriorate in different ways. We've also grown in our knowledge, our understanding, beliefs, and values. And we've formed likes and dislikes and had great joys and great pains. Even as we grow older, we'll continue to change. This will happen whether we like it or not. And while some of the physical changes are outside of our control, we do have control and a choice in changing other areas of our life. So would you rather your life change without your input? Or would you like to consciously direct the changes you can control to create the life you want? Well, like most of my students, you probably started this journey with some specific ideas about areas of your life you'd like to change. But chances are, now that you've completed your personal inventory, you've most likely discovered several more areas you'd like to change. 
So in this episode, I'll explain and teach you the steps you can take to create lasting changes in your life. And we'll also review the inventory workbook so you can resolve your inner conflicts and let go of your harmful patterns and beliefs. And once you've completed this episode and its exercises, you'll not only be able to apply the steps necessary for change to any area of your life, but you'll also be free of the blocks which have been holding you back. Now, chances are, even with the work you've done to improve your life prior to this course, there are still several other areas of your life you haven't been able to change. And if you're like me, then it can be incredibly frustrating and discouraging to do your absolute best to improve your life, only to be left unsatisfied with the results and wanting more. And I spent years researching and trying to figure out how to create significant changes in my life. I knew there had to be a system, a method I could apply in a practical way to create the changes I wanted to make. And I wanted to heal from my wounds, move on and dissolve the harmful manifestations that had developed. I knew that my problems wouldn't just solve themselves. I would have to take action to solve them. The good news is that I discovered the essential steps to solve problems, create lasting changes, and free myself to become the person I always wanted to be. And I'm about to reveal these steps to you. But before we can create lasting changes in our life, we need to look at some of the biggest blocks to creating change. And the first block we face is blame. How many times have we blamed someone else for our problems? Problems we actually had the responsibility of solving. And what usually happens? Does blaming another person solve anything? No, of course not. It almost always makes the problem worse. So then why do we blame other people? We blame other people either because we don't know how to take responsibility or we refuse to take responsibility. Sure, there could be another person at fault in creating or intensifying a problem. But regardless of other people or situations we face, we can't avoid taking responsibility in finding a solution and taking action to create the changes we want to make. So long as we blame other people, we don't have to take an honest look at ourselves or do any work. We're often spiteful or resentful towards whoever or whatever we're blaming. Remember, we are responsible. I am responsible. You are responsible for your own life and the quality of your life. We possess a tremendous amount of power to create massive changes in our life, but we first have to take responsibility for what we can do to create the changes we want. I'll give you an example of how blame can prevent us from growing. Let's say you have a job where you hate your boss. Maybe he's just hard to work with, over-demanding, or demeaning. If you continue to blame your boss and avoid taking any action, then you can't expect anything to change. If your boss is really that bad, then go get another job. Now, that's not as simple as snapping your fingers and moving to another company, but you can make that happen. You have a choice. You can leave. No one is holding you hostage. Or let's say your boss is breaking company policy or even the law. If this is the case, then you can report your boss as appropriate for the situation. It's one thing to have a jerk for a boss, but it's another thing if he's breaking policy or the law. But again, you have a choice. You can take action. Or maybe your boss isn't really the problem. Maybe you've been underperforming. 
and you secretly feel guilty. And instead of taking responsibility for your own laziness, you've been blaming your boss to distract from the real problem. And people do this in every area of their life. You can blame your spouse or partner for your relationship problems, your parents for not loving you the way you needed to be loved, your kids for not listening, your coworkers, politicians, your car, the weather, anything. The list can go on and on with who or what we could blame so we can avoid looking at our part and what we can do. The fact is we all have a choice. And if you want to change your life, then you have to stop blaming others and take responsibility. It's up to you to take the action necessary to create the change you want in your life. No one else can do it. No one else will do it. The solution here is to take responsibility. The choice is yours. Another block to creating changes in our life is our denial. Blaming other people is a way we deny our responsibility. But when we deny the problem itself, deny our personal responsibility to solve the problem, when we pretend it doesn't even exist, then we'll never arrive at a solution or create change. Again, things will only get worse. In some cases, we might not even see the problem itself. We might just see the effects or the manifestations of a problem. But the effects or manifestations of the problem are calling our attention to take some kind of action. We have to be honest with ourselves, accept our problems as facts, and stop denying they exist. And again, with your completed inventory, chances are you've discovered a few areas of your life, either where you didn't know you had problems or where you had been blaming other people for them. So the time has come for you to learn how to create lasting changes, and you'll be able to apply this method to any problem you face. The first step is awareness that there is a problem. This doesn't mean that we know what the problem is, just that we're aware that there is a problem, that it exists. This awareness may come from effects, symptoms, or manifestations of the problem. The next step is to identify what the actual problem is. We need to find out and get clarity on what exactly the problem is. Our next step is to discover the source of the problem. When we know what caused the problem, we can then try to avoid creating or engaging in the conditions which caused the problem in the first place. This is an essential step in creating lasting changes. This helps us from creating the same problem over and over again. And if we had a part to play in creating the problem, then we need to change our behavior. Now, in some cases, though, we might not be able to discover the source of the problem. It may elude us, but we should do our absolute best in trying to discover the source. The next step is acceptance. We have to be honest with ourselves and accept the fact there is a problem and what the problem is. We can't be in denial about this. We can't pretend the problem doesn't exist. Our next step is intolerance. We need to see the problem as intolerable in our lives. We must be unwilling to tolerate the problem in our life at all. The more intolerable we see the problem, the harder we'll work to solve the problem and create the change we want. Next, we must take responsibility for the solution. Most of the time, our problems are of our own making, but even if we're not responsible for the problem itself, if we didn't create the problem, we still have to take responsibility for the solution that we desire. And that is our next step 
is to identify the solution we desire. Decide what kind of solution we want. What outcome are we aiming for? How big of a change do we want to make? And don't be vague about this. Get clear on exactly what you want to accomplish. Our next step is to identify a course of action to arrive at that solution that you desire. The steps to arrive at a solution may only need to take place once, or the course of action may need to be adopted and maintained if you wish to maintain the results. It depends on what the problem is and the solution that you desire. In finding a course of action, maybe you know what you need to do. Maybe you don't know what to do and you need to do some research and talk to other people. If you do this, be sure to take advice from people who have overcome the same problem and have arrived at the same solution that you desire. Theory can be risky, so find a source whose wisdom comes from actual and practical experience. But remember, you are responsible. If you follow someone else's experience in the course of action they used and you don't arrive at the same results that they had, you can't blame them. You're still ultimately responsible for your own solution. However, if you can't find someone or a source of relatable experience, then you'll have to create your own course of action. Either way, you need to create a step-by-step -step action plan for creating change and bringing about the solution that you want. You need to write it down, each step, so you can see it on paper. It's not just stuck in your head. And if there's more than one path to arrive at the solution, then consider the various paths and evaluate their differences, advantages and disadvantages, and any difference in outcomes they may have from each other. Next, you'll have to commit to taking the action to get to the solution. Now, if you believe the course of action will get you to your results, then that's empowering and is a great motivator. But even if you don't believe the course of action will work, but you still commit to following through with the action plan that you created, then you'll be able to see change. Belief is not mandatory, but a commitment to taking the action is. Our next step is the action itself. This is where you follow the steps that you identified to arrive at your solution or desired outcome. This requires courage, willingness, perseverance, and a relentless desire to achieve the solution. An ongoing step will also be to assess your progress. Ask yourself, is your plan working? If so, then great. Continue moving forward. But if your plan isn't working, then you need to reassess your plan and adjust as necessary. Maybe you need to do some more research or learn as you move forward. All the while, we need to continue to be aware and be honest with ourselves. And then finally, you arrive at the step of accomplishing your goal. You achieve your desired outcome. But even though you've accomplished your goal, we're not done. If you want the change to last, if you want lasting change in your life, then there's more. We need to maintain perspective, humility, and appreciation in our experience. If we overcome a problem and we become cocky, arrogant, or intolerant of others who have yet to grow as we have, then we'll suffer. Humility allows us to understand the struggle others face, just as we have faced. And we also need to maintain gratitude. If we're ungrateful and fail to appreciate our experience or the results we've achieved, then we'll be less likely to maintain the change. But if we maintain gratitude and appreciation, 
then we increase the chance that the changes that we've made will be lasting. And our final step in creating lasting change is to remember. Remember what caused the problem. Remember the pain and the discomfort the problem brought you. If you forget what caused the problem, if you forget the pain it brought you, then you may fall back into the problem and re-experience the pain all over again. But if you can remember what caused the problem, the pain it brought you, and the action necessary to maintain your solution, then you'll be much more likely to remain in the solution and have lasting results. This is how you create lasting changes. And you can apply these steps to any problem you wish to solve from something as simple as changing a tire to overcoming the most difficult problem in your life. And here are some additional tools I'd like to teach you which will help in creating lasting changes in your life. See, sometimes we face a problem which even though it may bring us pain, we get something out of the problem going unsolved. It may benefit us in some way. It might not be a healthy benefit, but it does something for us. Maybe we've been in the problem for so long we can't imagine our life without it. Maybe the problem has become a part of our identity and we're scared to give it up. We're scared of not knowing who will be without the problem. Or maybe we honestly want to create change, but we find we just can't for some reason take the action. A few of the causes behind this are fear and not knowing how to let go and what the steps are. But we have to be willing to face and let go of the things that we've been holding on to if we want to grow and move forward from them. And this doesn't mean that we try to forget the past. We want to remember our past so that we can learn from it. This is about letting go and changing our attitude and relationship with our past so we can find peace and move forward. And I understand that this isn't always easy. A lot of times when we have to let go of something that's covered in claw marks from us trying to hold on to it for so damn long. But this business of letting go doesn't have to be difficult. So here are the questions to ask yourself and the steps to take to let go of anything. What have you been holding on to? What is it you want to let go of? Why have you been holding on to this? What is it you get out of holding on to this? Think about how much pain holding on to this has brought you. How this has held you back. How you have suffered by holding on to it. Think about how much more pain you'll experience if you continue to hold on to this. Understand that you are in control of what you hold on to and what you let go of. You can either choose to continue to hold on to it and continue to experience the pain, or you can choose to let it go, move on, and find freedom. No one else can let go of this for you. You have to do it. Also, you must be willing to face any fears you have and take responsibility for letting go. And chances are whatever discomfort you may face in letting go will be less than the pain you're currently in or the pain you'll continue to be in if you don't let go. Fear of letting go and the unknown of what your life may be like can be paralyzing. If you let fear control you, it'll stop you dead in your tracks every time. So it helps to think about something constructive that you can replace it with. If you've been holding on to a resentment, then you can replace it with forgiveness. If you've been holding on to hatred, you can replace it with love. 
Or if you've been holding on to a painful memory or guilt, you can replace it with positive memories and acceptance. It also helps to imagine and picture what your life will be like once you've let this go and replaced it with something positive. Imagine how you'll feel and the freedom you'll have after letting this go and replaced it with something that serves you. When you're ready and you've decided to let this go, then it's time to take action. A great exercise is to confront what you've been holding on to while you're in a meditative state. So try this. Enter a meditative state and consider what you've been holding on to. The pain it has caused you, how holding on to this has impacted your life and held you back. Consider how badly you want this aspect to be removed. Then, after a few minutes, imagine what you'll replace this aspect with and what your life will be like once you've let this go. Try to feel whatever emotion comes up from this new state, what it will be like. And then when you're ready, you can say or think something like the following. You have been a part of my life for a long time. You have caused me great pain and you no longer serve me. You no longer serve a purpose. I no longer need or want you in my life. You are not welcome here. I now release you. I'll now replace you with a new aspect which does serve me. Sometimes letting go is a quick and easy process, especially if what we're letting go of is something we really want removed and we've desired its removal for a long time. However, sometimes letting go may take a while. You may need to repeat this this phrase over and over again in a period of, of sessions, both meditative and just throughout your day. In either case, it's essential we begin to incorporate what we've decided to replace it with, even if we haven't let go completely. By incorporating this replacement, we start to fill in the space it used to occupy. And you can follow these steps to let go in so many areas of your life, from emotional pain like resentments to physical aspects like cleaning out your house. These steps work, so apply them. Another tool I'd like to teach you is one I know a lot of us can have a hard time with, and it's one I struggled with for years before I finally grasped the concept. This tool is the practice of forgiveness. And trust me, this is a practice you'll want to learn to restore your serenity. Now, of course, we all have some kind of understanding of what forgiveness means to us, but I think most of the time we don't truly understand what it means. And all too often we think that forgiveness is the absolving or exoneration of actions someone has taken to harm us. Like if we forgive, then it's saying that what they did was okay. And with this idea, I can understand why so many of us are slow to forgive, if we ever really do at all. But this isn't what forgiveness is. So then, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which we change our feelings and attitude about a particular offense. It is a change in our position by which we let go of the negative and painful feelings, attitudes, and opinions that we associate with our memory of another person's actions. This is another way to use the process you just learned about letting go. Again, our forgiveness doesn't absolve the other person from anything they've done. Since we are responsible for our own actions and behavior, they are responsible for what they've done. 
They have their own price to pay, their own consequences. These may be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, or even legal consequences, but regardless of their own consequences, our forgiveness does not change or erase what they've done. It doesn't set them free. What forgiveness does is free us. It frees us to let go and replace our resentment with a new position towards the person or situation. And once we've forgiven, having let go of our resentments, we find that we're able to remember the offense that the other person caused, yet the memory no longer evokes a negative or hurtful emotion. We are free. And we can use this practice of forgiveness with ourselves as well. If we've done something which was harmful towards ourselves or someone else, and we resent ourselves, what we've done, then we can use this practice of forgiveness to let this go. Again, just like with those who may have harmed us, we are still responsible for our own actions, and there may be a price to pay. We may need to make amends to ourselves or others, but we need to learn how to forgive ourselves too. Remember, this doesn't mean that we forget what happens, who or how we were harmed. As a matter of fact, we should remember what happens. Not that we should dwell on it, but we can and should use this experience as a way to learn and grow. I'll give you an example. Say someone close to you, someone you trusted, stole money from you. You'd be hurt, right? Of course, you'd probably have a resentment from this person betraying your trust. And you could resent them for the rest of your life and feel justified whenever you got hurt or mad by remembering how they crossed you. Maybe they really screwed you over and them stealing put you in a precarious financial place. Resenting them won't bring the money back. So if you resent them, then they've taken your money and you've forfeited your serenity. Forgiveness won't bring back the money, but it will restore your serenity. And you can remember what happened without getting mad, hurt, or upset. And you can learn from the experience. Maybe this is someone you should be more careful about trusting in the future. Not that we condemn them, but we can adjust our relationship according to what the experience was. We learn. We grow. So learning how to practice forgiveness allows us to stay balanced. And forgiveness is one of the ways we take responsibility of ourselves and our own happiness. And to help you with what we've covered so far in this episode, the process of creating lasting changes, letting go, and practicing forgiveness, I've included guided meditations, which will walk you through each one of these. And I invite you to make good use of these to build your practice. Now we're going to get into the inventory we took from the last episode. We're going to review our fears, self-deprecating beliefs, our resentments, any harms done to others, our relationships, and assess our personal beliefs and values. We're going to take a look at our truth. We're going to identify what we need to change, where we need to heal, who we need to forgive, what we need to let go of, and what we need to take ownership of. Remember that sometimes change comes quickly, and other times change can be a slow process. But either way, we must remain willing to face our truth and take corrective action. And this is where we now take the action necessary to create lasting changes, restore balance, and resolve our inner conflicts. And we're going to start with our fears. As we discovered in the previous episode, 
Fear is a natural and self-preserving response we have to situations we perceive as dangerous. And when used appropriately, our fears will keep us safe. But when we allow them to dominate our decisions and hold us back, then they can easily become a paralyzing and debilitating force. In your inventory, you listed your fears, why you have them, where your fears have come from, and how they affect you. You've identified if you had a part to play in your fears and what your part was, if any. You've also written down what your life would be like without this fear and how you would feel. So now I want you to go back and review each fear. If you had a part to play in creating the fear, then it's up to you to take whatever action is appropriate to repair the situation. And with all the fears you'd like to overcome, I want you to apply the process of letting go we just discussed. Now you may want to start with a lesser fear, one that will be easier to overcome. Once you've been able to overcome one fear, you'll see how easy it is, how great you'll feel once it's been released. You'll become more confident in your ability to apply the process of letting go to overcoming your fears. And depending on how many fears you have and how dominating they've become, this will influence how quickly or slowly you're able to overcome them. But stay with it. Don't give up. You've suffered long enough, and now it's time for you to begin outgrowing your fears. Now let's move on to self-deprecating beliefs. Now I want you to carefully review each self-deprecating belief you've listed in your inventory. I want you to take responsibility for any actions you've taken to reinforce these beliefs and take corrective actions to stop any reinforcement going further. Practice forgiveness towards the sources of these beliefs and apply the process of letting go to replace these beliefs with new constructive beliefs. Remember, you are in control and you have the power to let go of whatever doesn't work and replace it with what does. You don't need to suffer any longer if you don't want to. Just like with letting go of your fears, it may be a good idea to start with letting go of your less ingrained self-deprecating beliefs and move up to the deeper ingrained ones. But the choice is yours. Now that you know how to let them go, you get to decide how, when, and in what order you want to remove and replace them. And next, we'll look at our harmful patterns of behaviors. Here again, I want you to carefully review each harmful pattern of behavior you've listed in your inventory. You can see what the pattern is, what triggers it, who it harms and how. You've discovered why you have this behavior, where it comes from, what purpose it serves, and what you get out of it. You've learned how the pattern makes you feel, what it helps you avoid, and what appropriate behavior you can replace it with. Now, pay close attention to each pattern you have. Determine if the pattern is just a bad habit you've developed, or if it's a possible manifestation of an inner conflict. For patterns which are bad habits and patterns you're unsure of being manifestations, I want you to practice acceptance, personal responsibility, and forgiveness, and apply the process of creating change and letting go to each harmful pattern of behavior you have. I also want you to use your emotional response process to experience any emotions you've been avoiding. But if after honestly and diligently applying these steps, you find you still can't stop a behavior, then there's a good chance it's a manifestation of an inner conflict. 
And for any harmful patterns of behavior you've identified as manifestations of an inner conflict, then you already know the only way to dissolve the manifestations by resolving the inner conflicts themselves. So with that, let's now review our resentments and inner conflicts. Here we find ourselves faced with what might be our most significant sources of pain. Our resentments and inner conflicts manifest in various and countless ways, creating harmful and confusing patterns of behavior, which can only be dissolved by letting go of our resentments and resolving our inner conflicts. Both resentments and inner conflicts require we practice acceptance, personal responsibility, and forgiveness, and apply the process of creating change and letting go. However, and this is vitally important in order to resolve your inner conflicts and release the manifestations, you'll need to take an extra step, which is for you to use your emotional response process to finally allow yourself to completely experience the emotions associated with the original situation which caused the internal conflict. And when you do this correctly and you allow those emotions to pass through you, you will then have resolved your inner conflicts and thereby dissolve their manifestations. If you do this, yet you still demonstrate the same harmful pattern, then their continued existence may only be that of a habit, which you can overcome by repeating the steps we've covered for your harmful patterns of behavior. This is often one of the most difficult yet rewarding and life-changing phases for my students. But if you've been taking the steps and following the exercises so far in this program, then you'll be ready to take this vital step now. Practice this method for each resentment and inner conflict you have. Allow yourself the time to carefully go through this process as it can be exhausting and may take weeks or even months to complete depending on how many resentments and inner conflicts you have. So congratulations. This is the doorway through which you'll walk to finally let go of the blocks which have been holding you back. And once completed, you'll mark the beginning of the next phase of your transformation. As large as a piece as this is, there are still more aspects for us to consider. Now let's take a look at your relationships. In your inventory, you outlined your relationship history, including who you were in a relationship with, how long your relationship lasted, what you liked and disliked about your relationship, if and how you harmed your partner and how they harmed you. What I want you to do is to review each of your past relationships to look for patterns, including length of your relationships, your choice in partners, harms you've caused them, harms they've caused you, and how your relationships ended. If you see an unhealthy pattern, then you should follow the steps we covered to overcome these patterns. And we also want to use what we've learned about our past relationships to help put our current relationships in perspective. How many times have we taken wounds, fears, and negative patterns and beliefs from our past relationships and dumped them into our current relationship? Chances are, unless we've been truly healing along the way, the effects of our past relationships begin to compound themselves in our current relationships. It's not fair to make our current partner pay for our past relationships' mistakes. So let me ask you, how is your current relationship different? Is it following the same pattern as your previous relationships? Are you making them pay for your mistakes and inner conflicts? If so, then you have a good idea of what changes you need to make to create a new and better experience. Now, in looking at the inventory you took on your current relationship, you can see specifically what areas you need to change and improve in. 
But remember, every relationship is unique and it's its own special experience. And we'll have a much better and more fulfilling relationship if we can overcome the patterns and wounds of our past so we can be more present and understanding with our partner. Use the steps and practices we've discovered in this episode to make these changes. Relationships take work, and you have a responsibility to do what you can to make your relationship better. Finally, let's assess our personal beliefs and values. We've learned how we've been imprinted and influenced our entire life by society, our culture, our family, the media, etc., So many of our beliefs and values come from outside sources. And while many of these may serve you and are positive aspects of your life, chances are we have some beliefs and values which either never have or no longer serve us. So review this part of your inventory and take an honest look at your beliefs and values. Identify which ones no longer serve you. And here I want you to use the steps you've learned to let them go and replace them with new productive beliefs and values. No matter the source, whether it was your parents, your religion, your educators, it doesn't matter. This is your life, not theirs. And you don't have to hold and practice any beliefs and values that you don't want to. You don't owe them anything. You have the inalienable right to be your own person. To some of you, this may sound like blasphemy. How dare you question our beliefs? Well, I'm not questioning them, but I want you to. Honestly question them to see if they work for you. Do you really believe what you've been taught to believe? If not, then let the beliefs go. Now, I do have to warn you, though. You may face consequences for letting go of some of your beliefs. We're fortunate if we live in an environment where our choices and decisions are respected. But unfortunately, though, you may live in an environment that's less than understanding. You may face consequences from your family, friends, church, etc. But to continue to practice and hold on to beliefs and values which no longer serve you will continue to create an imbalance in your life. So here's a test you can use in adopting new beliefs and values. Do they justify breaking any laws? Do they justify hurting or jeopardizing ourselves, other people, or the environment? Do they support your growth, understanding, and connection? Do they reflect your understanding and outlook on the world? These are your beliefs and values, no one else's. And in reflecting on the beliefs and values which you've been imprinted with, it's possible that whomever did the imprinting may have intentionally imprinted you in a way to cause harm. However, and in other cases, our imprinters didn't mean to cause us harm and were just doing their best. And either way, in finding and replacing beliefs and values which don't serve you, you may be resentful at the source which imprinted them. This is actually common. And if this is the case with you, then you know what steps you need to take to overcome your resentments. So that covers letting go of what doesn't work for us. But let's now look at the ones that do work for us. I want you to look at this section of your inventory and identify the beliefs and values which do work for you, the ones you want to keep. Here what we need to do is take ownership of them. Even though they may have been imprinted upon us, we need to take ownership of them as ours. That we are now making a conscious decision to keep these in our life. What this does is it releases their source from liability. 
We can and should give credit to their source, but when we take responsibility for them, we are saying that we choose to have these beliefs and values. In this, there's no room to blame or condemn their source. The choice is ours. And if in the future we find that some of these beliefs and values that we decided to keep, that they don't work for us, we can always go back and replace them. Now, we've covered a lot in this episode, and I invite you to repeat it as many times as you need to to fully absorb the information. And you now have the skills and tools necessary to take the action to create the lasting changes in your life. You can overcome any problem, heal any wound, and turn your life in any direction. And I challenge you to follow the steps in this episode, the exercises in the workbook, and make use of the guided meditations to the best of your ability. You are in control, and you have the power to change and create the life you desire. Now, once you've overcome your fears, self-deprecating beliefs, harmful patterns, resentments, and assessed your relationships, beliefs, and values, I then want you to move on to episode six where you'll launch into a journey of self-discovery. And if after healing and letting go of so much, you're having an identity crisis, that's okay because you'll discover a new identity in our next phase of transformation. But we need to overcome the blocks we've discovered in this episode before we move on to the next one. The reason why is because if you begin your journey of self-discovery before you've finished these sections, then you won't get the full benefit from your experience and you'll miss a great opportunity to truly learn more about who you are and what kind of life you want to create. So please continue with your meditations, your daily inventory and reflections, and continue to practice the techniques and principles you're learning on this path. I appreciate you and I'm proud of you for all of your work, your courage and desire to transform and create the best life you can possibly have. So thank you for your time. I hope this episode has been helpful and that you're enjoying your journey of life transformation. And I'll see you in the next episode. Hi everyone, it's Jonathan here. Hey, I hope you enjoyed episode five of Life Transformation, The Complete Journey. Don't forget to download your free personal success guide and workbook from my website at jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation. Once again, that's jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation. Once you're there, you can also download the complete audio course and the entire 15-track guided meditation album. And that's all for free. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can get all of my latest episodes and learn more ways to achieve the life you truly desire. Now, your feedback is inspiring. So I have a favor to ask, and that's this. Please rate, review, and recommend this podcast channel. That way, I know you're enjoying these episodes and that I'm actually helping people transform their lives. You can also follow me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jonathan Monty live. Once again, that's facebook.com forward slash Jonathan Monty L-I-V-E. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I wish you an extraordinary life, and I'll see you in the next episode.